Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Scogan, your host for the Ag Innovation News Podcast. Now, guests on our program will shed light on innovations in value-added agriculture, will highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout Minnesota and the ag sector, and educate the public about the resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. Today, we welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, Federico Trapodi, the Chairman of the Board at the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute. Federico has served as a public company executive with extensive experience in agricultural, food and health R&D and product development. During his two-decade career in the ag tech and seed industry, he also led organizations in both Fortune 500 and entrepreneurial settings. Most recently, he was the CEO of Calix a food ingredient company based on a gene editing technology invented at the University of Minnesota. During his tenure there, he transformed the company from a research-based entity to a commercially focused growth corporation that delivers food ingredients such as high oleic soybean oil directly to food companies, taking the company public via an initial public offering and successfully raising over $120 million. Federico, welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast. Dan, it's great to be here today and talking about AURI. I'm excited about it. Tell me a little bit about your tenure on the board and how the board is made up at AURI. I joined the board back in 19, I believe. So it's it's been going on in five years. It's been a great experience for me. The AURI board is comprised by representatives of multiple grower organizations, as well as representatives of of the industry, the legislator, and some directors at large like myself. We are a volunteer board, and we are all passionate about different ways on how we can contribute to our agricultural economy in Minnesota. And it's a very diverse board and has been for many years. Good point. We have people with different backgrounds, nationalities, gender diversity, but but also professional diversity of people that have been farming their whole career, as well as other individuals and members of the board that have come from a corporate background. Myself, I'm relatively newer to Minnesota, but I've been in Minnesota for eight years now in the Midwest for 20 with an ag background. I took over as chair of the board two years ago. And it's been quite quite a journey. AURI is an organization with over 34 years now since the legislator created it. And just as our agricultural ecosystem has changed and our agricultural economy has developed and changed in those last 34 years, so has AURI. So it's, it's a great organization to be part of. I had the opportunity to look behind the curtain a little bit at AURI, so... I just found it interesting that the legislature created AURI and then kind of set them aside as their own entity. They're not a state agency. They're on their own doing work with entrepreneurs. What's the mission? What is AURI trying to accomplish? That's a good question, Dan. And in a way, I think someone was really wise when they incorporated AURI. They recognized that we needed to invest in creating and expanding our agricultural economy. That was at a time that commodity prices were low. There was a farm crisis going on. And the way that AURI was incorporated as a non-for-profit as opposed to a government agency, but with legislative support and funding, recognized the need for collaboration and partnership in order to make things happen in our sector. 
And that has enabled AURI to both have the mission-driven focus as well as the flexibility that allows entrepreneurial thought process and execution to really collaborate with both government, non-for-profit, corporate, and directly with growers that are trying to get their products out in the marketplace. I love that you ask about our mission because our mission has been something that we've been really, really thinking about in the last two years. Because in a nutshell, AURI was created to create more demand for commodities. And that was true 34 years ago. That is true today. Having said that, what that meant decades ago is different than what it means today. And we had to think about how do we adapt to continue to be relevant and continue to maximize the impact we can have in agri- agricultural economy. So we, we did a, a major work between the board and the management of AURI, trying to think about what does that mean for us and for the sector? And we landed in a, in a renewed vision and mission that it's our guiding principles that we've been using to think about our strategy, about how we help the sector. And it's, uh, it's been tremendously empowering. I can see it in the staff and, and the board, how it helps us drive our conversations. It also started rolling it out. So our vision is to deliver 500 million in economic activity for Minnesota by 2026. And that's a pretty important milestone for us to get there. It gives us a a direction. And just to put it in relevant terms, we have an annual budget in the the general order of $5 million a year with legislative and and other funding. It changes year to year, but that's a significant figure for our contributions. Every year you have to do an annual report to the legislature. You have an annual report as a 501c3 that is available to the public. And what's in there this year? Let's talk overall general successes for 2023. There is so much that this organization has done and that they do every year. We can talk about numbers. We can also talk about stories of people and companies that have been impacted. One of the things that it's been amazing for me being involved in AURI is the diversity of projects and segments of our economy that AURI impacts, really high level. In 2023 fiscal year, we worked on 220 projects across food and bioindustrial products, and that includes renewable energy. I am very proud of this organization with a relatively small amount of staff. We were able, over the five-year rolling period, to create about $261 million in new annual sales through the impacts we had with the companies and partners that we helped. We were also able to help companies create roughly $150 million in capital invested in our state and a job creation of about 450 new jobs created or retained. And just to throw a few other more numbers for those number-oriented people listening in today, we also anticipate from the feedback that we're getting from clients and partners that could be about an additional roughly 1,000 jobs created and retained, and they project an additional $360 million of capital investment. And, and I was doing some quick math, Dan. If we look back in those five years at the funding that our legislator provided to AURI, That is roughly speaking about a $15 in investment that was generated in our state for each dollar that the legislator invested in AURI. And that's a pretty impressive number to me. It sounds like an impressive number. They should be pretty pleased with the work that they get out of that investment in AURI. 
let's just talk about a few of the specifics. You mentioned some of the stories, individuals, programs, the Egg Innovation Center in partnership with USDA. What was that all about? One of the new initiatives this year for us was a, a partnership that we did with the USDA to become one of the first ag innovation centers around the country. And that helps us directly assist farmers in developing value-added agricultural products. The way it works is there's farmers that are trying to commercialize value-added products directly coming from their farm. This could be anything from meat products or prepared food ingredients and We have funding from the USDA to help these farmers get those products. We are able to expand our influence through this program, not only to Minnesota, but regionally to neighboring states. And that really helps us become a lightning rod for some of the innovation in the the agricultural economy in our state and our space. This is a a multi-year program that is just getting started and put together in the last year. And we're looking forward to more things to come out of this program. And it is available for farmers in our state that are interested. And I know that one of the teams at AURI is the food team. You worked on the Egg Innovation Partnership Program this year. What was that all about? One of the things that we do is we help food entrepreneurs and small food companies in our state. In the Egg Innovation Partnership Program, one of the problems that we tackled and we studied has been around the shared-use commercial kitchens in Minnesota. This has been one of the topics and issues that we continuously hear about from our clients and partners. And we've been trying to study, and we, we did study and, and help the sector understand better the challenges around the economics of these shared-use commercial kitchens. And on the client side, we also had a couple of project examples that included Somali-focused food companies like Hoya SBC and local artisan cheese companies, Cannon Bells, from Cannon Falls, Minnesota. It just seems to me, as I listen to you talk about these projects and these programs that AURI is involved in, that AURI has found a way to stay on the cutting edge, maybe look around corners, have a visionary look at things. They seem to be involved in things that are new and unique and innovative. And for some reason, they're always kind of at the front. That speaks pretty well to the whole organization. What's been important to us is we are extremely focused on the outcomes of our clients, partners, and the sector. And being cutting edge, sometimes it means prospecting new technologies and helping our clients and partners develop food formulations or evaluating a feedstock for a digester or evaluate the state of the hydrogen economy and the technologies related to it. But sometimes it also means helping them understand the market, understand processing, understand food safety. It's a number of things, and for a relatively small organization, it's pretty impressive that we are able to provide this know-how to these companies to help them have an impact, a profitable impact in their operations, and in turn, that helps, of course, our state bring in investment and jobs. I want to remind our listeners today that you're listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota, and our guest today is the chairman of the board at AURI. Federico Tripodi, and we are talking about 2023 and some of the successes that the organization had both with clients and expanding some of their products and services that they offer as well. Federico, I'm going to go to that next, I think, because for the last couple of years, AURI has been very involved in how to help these meat processors, both small and medium-sized meat processors, really in a five-state area, and that work continued in 2023 as well, didn't it? 
meat processing, as you know, it's, a, it's one of the big industries and job creators in our state. And a couple of years ago, we identified some gaps in our ability to support the needs of, of the meat processors. We reached out to both USDA and the legislator, and with their support, we've been able to restart a lot of our know-how and capability in the space. We hired two dedicated staff members supporting mid-sector, a scientist and a business development person. We've been able to work with the leg legislator in funding a training program and a mobile slaughterhouse to try to train operators for slaughter and processing of meat. We have our facility Marshall that has a certified meat processing lab. And what we've been able to do with, uh, with our new staff and our new focus in the space is help both producers and small size processors as we've identified the need to provide not only food safety, but processing at different scale to make sure there's sufficient processing and the right cuts to support our growing entrepreneurial grower-led initiatives in the space. We've been very active, and as we think overall as protein, meat is one of the very important sources that our state produces and processes protein for the whole country and, and, and export as well. Well, I'm going to stay with protein for just a moment and have you comment on both traditional and alternative proteins and where Minnesota is at, where AURI is at in leading that fast-moving area. The way we think about it at AURI, it's, we think of all proteins, and that means whether they come from plants, animals, insects, fermentation, all have place if they can satisfy the demands from consumers and they can satisfy needs for both economic feasibility, sustainability, and other things that our consumers are asking for. We have customer support projects in the range from which we were talking about animals, but we have customer projects in the space of fermentation. We have customer projects looking at plant-based ingredients and proteins. We've even worked with customers on the insect proteins. We also have collaborations and partnerships in addition to USDA and MDA. We are part of Embold and, and their protein initiative, trying to promote a broader ecosystem that can make Minnesota a leader in the protein sustainability industry. And, and we have all the right pieces in Minnesota. We are already have a lot of the components across the supply chain from production and processing all the way to retail. So it's, it's a natural strategic fit for our state. We also joined Biomade, which is trying to invest in a bioindustrial processing center for industrial fermentation in our state with support from the legislature. Is part of the concern, I guess, just capacity? I mean, AURI would like to have their fingerprints on a lot of these different things, but you can't do everything for everyone? When we think from the organizational perspective, it absolutely is right. When, when you have a limited number of very, very dedicated and passionate people, and you have a scope that is as broad as our agricultural system and food system, there's a lot of work to be done. And we also are try to be cognizant that there's companies and individuals of different sizes and in different stages of their life cycle, and that we want to be fair on how we invest in helping those companies and individuals with our limited resources. So one of the ways that we try to do that is to be very clear in what our vision and mission is 
and have the right processes to always think about how do we maximize the return on the investment that the legislator is providing us and that our partners are providing us. And the way we measure return on investment, because we are a non-for-profit, is not on, on, on our revenue. That, that's not it. The way we measure return on investment is on economic development and economic activity for our rural community, our rural ecosystem, and a rural economy. So whether that's capital investment, jobs created, or sales from companies that are located in Minnesota and that are making Minnesota products. We have a pretty sophisticated process to evaluate and prioritize the work we do. One of the things that is written in, in, our, in our DNA as an organization is that we realize we can do a lot more when we partner. So you will see that almost everything we do includes partnering with one or more other organizations. I had the opportunity or the privilege to participate in your Renewable Energy Roundtable late in 2023. I thought it was a great program, and I understand it was one of the bigger turnouts that the Renewable Energy Roundtable has had in recent years. Hydrogen economy was on the agenda, and I think it was just an interesting day for everybody to learn. We talked about hydrogen economy. We talked about renewable natural gas. You were talking about innovation earlier, Dan, and one of the things that we are very cognizant is sometimes there's the possibility for new technologies or markets that can dramatically reshape some of our sectors in the, in the agricultural economy. It happened with ethanol. And it could happen again with a, another technology or market that gets developed around the corner. And a lot of the, the push for sustainability globally, it's creating new markets that value some things that maybe we were not able to get recognition for that we were already doing in Minnesota in the past. In the case of the hydrogen economy, there's a need for more sustainable fuels. There's technological developments that we've been evaluating that there's interest in investment and developing. We have a natural fit. And there's also potentials for other related industries. One of them that we've been keeping a close eye on, it's, it's related to bio-based fertilizers. In the state, we import most of the fertilizers. So when, when companies that are thinking of green ammonia, it's one great case study that could have the potential not only to be renewable source of ammonia, but produced in our state as opposed to brought from, from outside the state. And then the other one that it's really, really close, that we're keeping a close eye on, it's on renewable natural gas. And that's a quite interesting one because in a nutshell, we're big gas users. And as people know, the natural gas comes from the ground, but renewable natural gas comes from fermenting waste materials. And this could be from dairy industry. It could be from landfills. It could be from cattle production. Or it could be biodigesting food processing waste from the food industry. In all these cases, what we're doing is using a biodigester to create natural gas that it's equivalent to the one we mine from the ground, but this is actually renewable. And, and that has a ton of benefits. We have the potential to become the eighth largest producer of renewable natural gas in the country. And today, our production is negligible. All these are great opportunities for, for our ecosystem. Just a couple more questions as we get ready to wrap up this conversation today, Federico. But you mentioned fermentation. I know that in fiscal year 23, you installed some benchtop fermentation capabilities. What's the significance of that? We installed a small-scale benchtop capabilities. The significance of that is it enables entrepreneurs or companies 
conduct proof of concept in an initial stage. But that's for us, that's just one cog in the wheel. We've been working with industry and with Biomade, trying to think about what are the opportunities for fermentation in our, in our state and, and specifically industrial fermentation. And that is part of a broader strategy around bioindustrial innovation. So we, we got a lot of news there. We do think that fermentation, when applied to, to certain products, it can be an economically feasible source, both of investment, job creation, and new products out of our state. And the, the state of maturity in the industry is such that there are new products and companies being developed, but there's a lack of infrastructure. So one of the needs is to create the infrastructure, starting with small, but scaling up in our state so that this sector can grow. I know you talked about partnerships and collaborations, and you had a fun one, I thought, in 2023 when you partnered with the Minnesota Department of Agriculture to create and test some environmentally friendly mats and erosion control logs. Tell me a little bit about that project. Sometimes all the pieces come together that, that gives us that, the, the, the perfect product to be part of and test. And we've been very active in, in hemp, as many of the listeners may know, and, and assessing the opportunities for hemp for our state. And, and hemp is a fiber crop. And as we were looking at that and we were in our conversations with our partners, we realized that I, we're using a lot of plastic to control erosion when we're building the sides of the roads on the bridges. And if anyone has ever used a, a, a plastic control mat, it stays there forever. I have some in my, in my backyard still from like six years ago, and it's probably going to be there for another hundred years. And the project we were able to do this past year is to actually work with, with growers that harvested hemp. We have a decorticator. We're able to process that hemp, roll it into mats, and test its efficacy in controlling erosion with a much more sustainable alternative that doesn't have the side effects of having basically plastic buried on the ground. So everyone's been very excited about this project. We had a field day, and, and it, it's a really good test to create the market conditions so that this actually can become a product that would create outputs for some of the hemp fiber that is starting to be produced and hopefully processed at an industrial scale in our state. Federico, you've talked uh, several times about the partnership that uh, AURI values with the legislature. You're coming off a legislative session that was very good, I think, in that the legislature opted to invest more one-time money into some projects for AURI. What does that money mean to AURI, and what do you plan to use it on? This year, the support of the legislature included an additional one-time $1.8 million granted in, in 2023, so last, last fiscal year. And that, that's extremely transformational for us. That's, that's a, a tremendous show of support. We have a couple of things that we want to do with that money and that we've started doing. They include modernizing some of our laboratory equipment and processing equipment and opening Bioindustrial Innovation Center in Wasika. So a little bit about both of those. We have equipment that we've been using and some of the laboratory equipment that we were using dated back to the 90s. I've always challenged anyone listening to say who is using a computer piece of equipment that was made in the 90s, because we were. Thanks to the support of the legislator, we've been able to, to upgrade some of that equipment to state-of-the-art equipment and laboratory testing procedures that help us make that, sure that technology is available to the companies and entrepreneurs that work in our, in our state. 
The other thing is we, we have a, a new lease facility that we're opening in Wasika. We're moving from our current facilities and we're planning to open a bioindustrial innovation center. There's a grand opening that is scheduled for April the 8th. And we will be able to support a lot of the bioindustrial projects that we were talking about and more in a facility that would have food grade operations as well as processing of different byproducts and of the equipment we have, plus some new equipment ranging from the corticators, fermentation, pelletization, our biodigester as well. Uh, there's, there's a ton going on there. The other thing that we're doing with those funds is we are doing a feasibility study to try to understand the opportunity for renewable natural gas in our state and help our state figure out how and where are those opportunities and, and, and where are some of the gaps that we could use to, to accelerate that level of investment. So a lot going on, like, like always. <laughs> A lot going on, and it's been a great recap of some of the successes and, and work that AURI has been involved in in the past year. Federico, uh, you get the last word. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would love to, to leave our listenings with our vision and mission, because it's what drives every single staff member at AURI and the board that, that volunteers their, their time. We are really focused on delivering those 500 million in economic activity for Minnesota by 2026, which I shared earlier. And everything we do, we put through the lens of our mission, which is to accelerate the expansion of the agricultural economy by empowering expanded uses and markets of agriculturally derived products. And this would help us continue to build on our 30 plus year track record while fostering our strong set of values in AORI. And these include collaboration, our commitment, ingenuity, and integrity. And we, we look forward to the journey. And I look forward to, to maybe inviting myself to the podcast again in 2026 and tell you about all the great things that AURI would have delivered to our state in the last two years. That would be a great a return visit. And I look forward to that conversation. Federico Tripodi, Chairman of the Board at AURI, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Dan. We've been visiting with Board Chair Federico Tripodi. I want to thank him for joining us today, and we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Ag Innovation News podcast as well, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I do want to thank my podcast crew, Lisa Martinez, AURI Communications Manager and Editor of this production. If you want to learn more about AURI, you can visit auri.org.